1: we have 70 million fans. It's crazy. 100% organic. Over 22 billion video views. Everything we do is in-house. We create all the content in-house. We change the company name to First Media. And First Media today is the owner of Baby First, which is the TV network. Blossom, which is our lifestyle leading brand Mm -hmm. with 40 million fans on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So Yummy's our recipe page. Blusher's our beauty page. And many more to come in the next six months.
0: So here we had this dilemma, this this fact. This fact. This I've fact. been almost a decade, decade researching decade, this decade. subject.
1: Every aspect of your metabolic health improves.
0: From the Hint offices in San Francisco, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. You may have tried Hint water before, but this is my podcast. Each week we talk to some of the most creative entrepreneurs from world touring pop stars like Jay Sean to the people behind favorite Instagram accounts, including So Yummy, New York City, and even YouTubers like Sarah Dietschy. So the million dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hey guys, I'm so excited to have Yuval Rector here with me today. He is leading the digital division of First Media, the fastest growing digital destination and social media publisher with over 65 million followers and over 25 billion organic video views. On the show today, we dive into the key behind content marketing, the formula to content going viral, the importance of hiring the right people for your brand, and why he thinks everyone is an entrepreneur at heart. We also touch on his views on failure, what it means to scale a business, and so much more. This episode is loaded with invaluable insight for hopeful entrepreneurs, so sit back and enjoy the show. Yuval, so excited that you are here today with us on the podcast, Unstoppable, with Kara Golden. Very, very excited. So everybody, I'm so excited to welcome Yuval, who founded multiple media brands under his company name, First Media. You may not know him, but you've definitely seen him on one of the videos, either through So Yummy or Blossom, which I know I've spent hours watching (laughs) the two of them. So, welcome, Yuval. Thank you so much. Very excited. We were chatting here for a couple of minutes actually before we started recording and hearing a little bit more about where Yuval came from and to start off, why don't you just give us sort of the elevator pitch on who is Yuval?
1: So, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Very cool. I've been listening to the podcast and I'm a hint fan. So, in our office at First Media in our studios, there's about five to six boxes in every given moment of Hint Water. So I think that's thanks to your amazing marketing team. Yay, so very, uh, thank you cool. for that. Uh, a bit about myself. I was born and raised in Israel. I moved to the U.S. about four years ago, joined a company called Baby First, the linear TV network for babies and moms. And I was joining to, my, to the founders, which is Guy Oranim and Sharon Rector, which is my sister. And they started a TV network for babies and moms that has... Till, till today has 60 million homes in the U.S. I feel like I've met your
0: sister somewhere you along the way.
1: I had a feeling somehow. Yeah, and, and I don't I know like, why. My like sister, her name sounds so familiar. I told my sister that I'm, about, I'm going to this podcast, and she said, and I told her, I don't know why, but I feel I'm going to introduce you guys after this podcast, yeah. and you guys are going to be friends. I
0: feel like somewhere along the way I've that met is her. That is yeah.
1: insanely crazy, because yeah. I actually said that yesterday. Yeah, super so, um, so you joined her. I joined her and Guy, which is my brother-in-law, and they just started everything from scrap they wanted to do to to launch a linear TV network. I joined as head of mobile, and I wanted to create a recommendation network for parents. If you have a puzzle game, want to offer you another puzzle game, right? To to make sure you get quality content in the app world. Past two years, it was nice, we created something nice, but I was a bit, I said, okay, I've reached my top of the ceiling, the the glass ceiling, and I said, okay, what do we do now? So then uh, we built a product, something like, Uber for parenting advice. And that was called Parents First. If you actually go to parentsfirst.com, it actually exists. Hmm. And then we had a Facebook page for Baby First with 100,000 page likes. And that was content that talks about the next show of Harry the Bunny at 4 p.m., kind of like Nick Jr., Sprout, The Hub, all those ones. And I said, why don't we grow that audience a bit? Why don't we create content? But the idea is to understand. I think the, the interesting part was when we were like, Why are we creating content that is about the shows? Why are we creating content that is for the actual fans that are actually the users of the page? And that is mobs. We had 100,000 page likes. Two years forward, we have 70 million fans. It's crazy. On those pages, 100% organic. Over 22 billion video views. Everything we do is in-house. We create all the content in-house. We changed the company name to First Media. And First Media today is the owner of Baby first, which is the TV network. Blossom, which is our lifestyle leading brand mm-hmm. with 40 million fans on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. So Yummy's our recipe page. Blusher's our beauty page, and many more to come in the next six months, either on Facebook watch or on YouTube shows. And my team, which was three people, today's 75 people just just on the social media side. Wow, so that was a crazy ride. I already had a plane ticket back to Israel. In September, And then I canceled it. And I said, well, something interesting is going on here. And parentsfirst.com was never launched because we've decided that we want to stay focused. We want to stay focused in a content creator company, in a content and marketing vehicle, and not as an operational company. And that was a big decision because we invested a lot of money in the first product of yeah. Parents First. But I think it's a very good decision for us. So I would say we are the... Go to destination right now for millennial women on social, digital, physical, and on TV. So that is what, what I've done by myself. I moved to the US four years ago. I love sports. I'm very competitive. I love, I'm quite spiritual. I believe in work life balance in a, in a different type of way. And I think that it is super important to create the culture of how you see yourself in the organization that you built. So I see First Media as my family and uh, a pretty competitive family, but a family that respects everyone. 75% of the company is women. Minorities is by far the most important rep- representation. It's the vast majority of representation in the company. And everyone is super hungry and competitive, but respectful.
0: That's awesome. How do you find talent? I think we grow talent.
1: Interesting. I That's... don't think we find talent. I think it's harder to find talent I think it's very important to grow talent. Um, I believe that if you find smart people, when I was in Goldman, I was in Goldman Sachs when I started. Mm-hmm. And it was very surprising to me when they hired people that majored in literature and arts and design for investment banking. And I was like, what are they doing? Why are they hiring that? And for me, it was a big thing because I was like, they're just looking for smart, creative people that that are that are thinkers, that are, thinkers, yep. that are breaking walls. I think that's how we hire. We hire people that are super hungry, creative thinkers that we can make sure that are talking the first media language. Having said that, the hardest thing is when you scale. So when you scale, or now when my team is about, our team or the digital division team is about 75 to 80 people now, you got to bring a bit more, a higher talent. So we just brought a very talented CRO. So chief revenue officer mm-hmm. that has been 20 years clear, His name is Charles Gabriel at uh, Maker Studios and AOL, and five men. We brought a new VP. I just brought someone from refinery. So yes to what I said before. But as you scale, you got to make sure that the, this one. But the one thing I do tell everyone that joins our team, be humble. When you come to us, give us three to four weeks of mostly listening mode. Respect what we've done and then bring your value rather than coming and just straight off the bat just saying, oh, you should do this. And have you thought about doing this? Maybe we did, we probably did. I'll bet that everyone that will come now to hint will say, oh, we should also do that. I'm sure you thought about it. I'm sure most of you thought about most of the things that people come and suggest. So spending two or three weeks within the organization before suggesting things, first of all, respects the fact that we've done something right. And second thing, respect yourself by, first of all, taking the second to listen and only then coming with valuable information.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was at AOL very, very early and was employee 70-something at AOL and then ended up... building a team of over 200 people, and a lot of them were remote before people were even talking about having people remote. And I used to have a conference call that started at 6 a.m. at San Francisco time, my time. And it actually like ran very effectively, and I was able to do that. But I found that that building phase of like 70 people versus like thousands of people It's just such a unique thing. And when you do add people, like, I think that the biggest, you know, challenge that I've seen in sort of growing teams throughout my career is that, you know, you want to hire people that are better than you, right? That have built teams before and have great experiences, but meshing them with a culture that is really about, like, creating something totally new is, I mean, to your point, like, Oftentimes people will come in and they'll be like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And they'll sort of dissect not only what your product is potentially, but also what your culture is. And what they don't really understand is that I'm sure half the time, you know, in sort of building this, you feel like, I don't know, I always use the, you know, you're in this hole and you're like trying really hard to get out, right? Right. Like, and you eventually do it, right? But sometimes it's like, you have to figure out how to actually do that and it might take longer and then you get interrupted by doing something else right and so it's like so it's it can be very chaotic it's an organized chaos and especially founders like and i thrive in those sort of environments and you know people who work for me can attest to my brain is constantly thinking like we got to do this we got to do this we got to do this but if you come from an environment where you know, you've been like asked to just focus on one thing, and you've done that one thing well. And you walk into an environment like yours, or what we've built at Hint, it can be like very confusing. Right. Right. I, I
1: couldn't agree more. Right.
0: And it takes a special, you know, DNA to sort of a- appreciate. So it. what I've yeah. learned is, and by the way, coming from Israel,
1: most of us are always used to being very loyal. Yeah. Going and let's solve this together. And this is my company, like it's your company. Yeah. Doesn't matter if I'm the first employer or the tenth. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned along the way, I'm here four years, so not just one year. And I did learn a lot of lessons in four years here, is find those people that work in small teams. Big brands or big names, the people that worked in a thousand or five thousand or people's organization are having a really hard time to adjust to small mm-hmm. teams. The hard things about hard things is one of my favorite books. And I think he says there, hire the person that you need right now. Don't hire the person that you think you will need in, a, in six months, and don't hire the person that you want to be perceived as needing. Yep. So therefore, don't hire that person that's able to scale a thousand people, because you're just 70-people team right now. Yeah. Hire the person that is able to come scrappy, pick up the phone, create his own account, set his own meetings. And sometimes, if needed, just to bring the cupcakes from sprinkles yeah. to the meeting for the lunch and learn with the agency and do it without saying a word. Yeah. And not feeling it's beneath them. I still do everything that is needed. I have no ego. Yeah. Trash? Fine. Carry things? Fine. I, don't, I think that's part of it. I just, yeah. There's nothing. And regarding the chaos, I couldn't agree more. I love chaos. I thrive at chaos because I think chaos means that everyone has an opinion and everyone feels part of the mission and everyone has their own feedback within the organization. The next viral video, a blossom, so yummy, can come from anyone. You can tell me, have you thought of maybe creating a unicorn cake that just, I don't know, comes from like (laughs) 7,000 cupcakes and I just saw that, I don't know, in the street. Did you think about that? Well, no, every idea is great and I think that we want to create, at First Media, we want, don't wanna create a culture of yes, women or men. We wanna create a culture where you're not afraid to say your opinion because you won't be shut down and you'll also be taken seriously. So, you know, Sharon, my sister, um, always says she talks to her kids like they're grown-ups,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I really love that one because that's how I was, I was brought, yeah. brought as well. And I think that's, it's, it's all the same values, right? We talk to everyone the same. We value everyone the same, and I think that's the only way to to bring a team that is working together to build something big, you know um, you know Nick right, Nick, the one that brought me to the podcast on, yeah. your, on your team, yeah, you know, I saw his description on his bio. Nick is hint, and hint is Nick that is huge, right yeah, like the fact that you're able to get someone to say that that tells a lot that is how I see First Media as well.
0: Yeah, well, and I think more and more people are really looking for, not everybody, but I think people who, the happiest people that I find today are doing that. You know, I always say, you know, to people who are, you know, thinking about starting a company, first of all, I have this huge opinion that entrepreneurism is like the hottest word today. And at the end of the day, there's a lot that goes behind that. You know, not only raising, you know, the right, culture, but also, you know, raising money, like just the day-to-day stuff that you never see behind, you know, this word entrepreneur. And I'm sure you can talk to that. Happy, depression, depressed, euphoria, euphoria. I mean, it's it's like, it's a ton. And I always say to people like, look, if you don't have that killer idea, that is that you actually can think, you know, pretty quickly that on how to scale it, then maybe you actually want to be you want to support an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and right. go learn about right. like and figure out whether or not that's you know what you want to do. I always use Cheryl Sandberg as an example. I mean, Cheryl, if you talk to Cheryl, she's does not say she's an entrepreneur. She has been at Facebook since almost the beginning. Um she is not the CEO. She is really about making Facebook work and about, you know, supporting Mark and she proudly does that. Right. And that doesn't mean she's less of a leader. That doesn't mean that she can't execute all of those things, right? And so I say to people like that I think that's a role that is really undervalued because every great entrepreneur will say that their senior management team is like has to be strong. I I I think I might have a different opinion. Yeah, okay. Let's hear it. I think everyone
1: is entrepreneur. I think that every moment in your life, you decide if you want to push stronger, harder, if you want to innovate, if you want to just do something that's a bit beyond the extraordinary within your, your role. I think if you look at your employees or any employees that is in a healthy environment, they take upon themselves to create things that are above of their job description. And that is innovative. Entrepreneur and innovation, for me, it's almost the same words. So true, being a founder is super tough. It is really hard because you get all the drama and you get all the emotion. You have to, you know, it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know? My father once told me one year he slept with one eye open the entire night. Okay? And he wasn't, he wasn't laughing. Yeah. He wasn't joking. Because, you know, when things, when things weren't that easy, he slept with his eyes open. So you know what? An employee does not. And that's the difference. Yeah. But entrepreneurship is within your position in every given moment. So I think that is the kind of the, is it a founder entrepreneur or is it an entrepreneur within its field, within its position? So that's hmm. my, that is my perspective. I, 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 and I think we're kind of probably green.
0: Yeah. But it's, just, but it's a choice, it's a right? Choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Which Do you
1: I want that stress? Do you want that Do you want that eye open right. or not? And I think that is the biggest difference. Yeah. Because it is scary every you know um, there was an algorithm shift right everybody talks about Mark Zuckerberg I just talked about so I was in social media week and I was talking to, and they asked me to talk about the algorithm shift so the algorithm changed you know the algorithm changed for us that is that is a, that my division that is highly focusing Facebook Instagram and YouTube was significant the first week it was very stressful yeah it was stressful because I was like okay where is this going? How do I make sure that I'm still, the company's still cutting edge, ahead of the curve also with the algorithm change. So now I'm happy. Yeah. Nothing changed for us. Yeah. We still work with, like, the best brands out there. So we just had to deal with Walmart and Bed Bath & Beyond and ShopRite and Justin's and Halo Top and Green Chef. And all those ones are doing amazing performance with us. So I, I'm happy to, to say that it, it did not have an effect. But the feeling when things change yeah. it and uncertainty yeah. is like this. But I don't know. I just put the fears. I, I wake up. I have that five minute of fear. And then I say, okay, day's starting. So yeah. better put that fear aside.
0: Well, it's a puzzle, let's go to the world, right? You know? Like it's, it's an annoying puzzle at yeah. times, right? Like it's like a – but I think, you know, what you're – what you're really alluding to is that the people that can actually figure this stuff out too have that entrepreneurial mindset right and that you know it might piss them off it might like frustrate them it might you know yeah cause anxiety but at the end of the day it's like it's kind of fun but right. i feel That's like the best feeling in the world yeah it's but i really think that there's a percentage of people that just choose not to, like, live that way, True. right? True, and, um And then there's other people, I, I mean, especially I talk about, you know, you live in L.A. or not really L.A live in Venice right yeah Yeah, I live in Venice down in the Venice which is an amazing area but I feel like particularly in California like I think that this whole topic of failure right like it's like I mean the number of times that I run into like great entrepreneurs that I think have like done really interesting things and people will say to me like oh but their company went out of business and I'm like but that's okay. Like if somebody can actually own the fact that their company went out of business I don't even or have actually that say word. why. I don't even have that word. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that there was a course in Tel Aviv where they taught us the difference between Germany and Israel. Mm-hmm. The German culture versus the Israeli culture. Israel doesn't have the word fail. Everything is learning. That's awesome. But we just don't have it. Yeah. So when you say fail, I'm like, what does that mean? You try, But then the other thing went well. So, you know, when we introduced, we introduced four brands. There was a brand called Happier that we closed yeah. on social media. So what? Yeah. We learned so much. By the way, we're thinking launching a different brand, something relatively similar, because we learned so much from the first one. What well, we've done, some things right and some things less right, less right, right? Not wrong. Yeah. Just what are the things that we can learn from. I don't know the word failure. By the way, in Germany, it's very scary. So they're very worried because the culture is that if you failed once, you can never do that again. Yeah. Well, that is completely the opposite of what I believe. I believe that everything is a learning curve and I don't know, there's, there's no failures.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm with you. But I think coming from large companies, it's also something that when you bring in these people to sort of grow your company, it's like getting their mindset True. like around that whole topic as well, which is really I don't know, it's an, it's an interesting thing. And I've had some sit-downs with people ar- around this, you know, right. topic. And, and I should send them over to Israel to take some <laughs> lessons because I've, I think it's, a, it's I think something the, that, you know, you're, you're accustomed to thinking. The,
1: the, one of the people that does that the best, to be honest, is our CEO. That's awesome. Guy, even when there's mistakes, annoying mistakes, you know those ones you're like, I can't believe we just did that. And this is like, we should have known that or something like that. Yeah. That there's no there's no drama it's like okay, this is it let's solve this let's move on we understand we took the dec- we took the procedures to solve it and it's over there's not this drama or there's this, this hasn't been a huge incident or something happened, and we move forward you know what because I always and I think he does as well believe that the person that just did the mistake feel really bad about themselves at this given moment they yeah. already know that they did something wrong I'm sure they're not going to do it again yeah so That was like okay we tried and more than that didn't work awesome great and i think it always works that's the mindset right we just did a new format now we launched it we got million views in first 24 hours for us that wasn't enough even though it's crazy right 24 million but it's like but for me it was like wow that's amazing that's the first one now the next and the next one and the next one will be even better and i think that's the mindset. Yeah. Always just like push, competition push, push, and yeah push, and pushing push. it out there. Just push stronger and stronger and stronger.
0: You're working with a lot of different partners out there and you you mentioned a couple of them but so the the whole topic of viral videos I think is always, you know, particularly for you know, large companies are like, we want a video to go viral. Like, what do you say to people? Like, how do you know, uh, what is the magic formula for a company, for something to go viral? And do you think that there is any, like, magic to it? Do you feel like? Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: I definitely. I think everything is, uh, we're looking at uh, content is from a very data-driven approach. Mm-hmm. My background is data. Um, everything is data for me. Sales is data. Podcast is data. Instagram stories is data, everything is data. So when you look at that, and I'll bet you without even me asking you that everything for you guys is data. Mm -hmm. Um, The way you guys grow has to be data. Mm -hmm. Content is data as well. And it has some principles that the data can support. So it does not mean that it's super mechanical. So the content is not in a data-driven way, Mm -hmm. but the analysis is in a data-driven way. What that means is for example, when you create content, you must have a thesis of what you're about to test. So if I'm testing right now the opener of a video, I want to make sure the retention, which every second every second of the video wears the drop, I want to make sure what I'm testing. When I look at the retention graph, I want to know what I'm looking for. So when creating content, it must you must have principles in order to know what you're about to do. So for example, the content must resonate with the audience, right? So if, uh, we have a bottle of water here that we know that people are health conscious. So make sure you go to a page that is health conscious. Make sure that that's what they care about. Or people care about recycling. People care about giving back to the community. Make sure that first of all the content resonates with the page. So, for example, So Yummy we're about over the top desserts and inspiration or not chicken stuffed chicken. chicken, chicken stuffed cheese dishes, okay? That's not what we are. We're looking, people that come to us are more about ext- ex- amazing desserts over the top and so yummy. By the way, so yummy vegetarian, which is our new page, is more for the health conscious page, right? So we will not put a muffin with a lot of chocolate and sugar on so yummy healthy, mm-hmm. so yummy vegetarian, and not the opposite. So first of all, very important to stay loyal to your fans. They know what you're about to give them, give them that. There's a lot of principles that when creating content that reduces the risk. And in the end, there's also magic, right? In And the then you do your best. But I can tell you in some interesting stats, we have in the past two years, we've done probably about 2000 videos. 91% of our videos have hit a million views in the first 24 hours. That's crazy. Everything organic. So we do not use any paid media in order to get that. The second part is, but not just editorial, right? That's editorial. So you can tell me, well, that's easy. You know, you choose whatever you want. It's not easy, but let's just it's say. It's not
0: easy. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you choose whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You don't have any limitations. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not only what we do. We really work well with partners. So we did three videos with Bed Bath & Beyond. First video got 25 million views. Second video got 27 million views. And the third video got 74 million views. And that was 100% organic, was seven ways to use your slow cooker. And that was the number one brand integrations across all Facebook, all categories in 2017. How do we do that? We ask Bed Bath & Beyond what's important for them. We work together with them. We explain them together. After, by the way, this third video is way easier, right? Because they trust us. We trust them. They understand. We educate them. We educate them. This is not a commercial. We educate them native social media. Advertising is not, buy now, two for five, this is the best product out there for you. No, this content is coming from the influencer. It's coming from the person. I think one of the amazing things you guys are doing is influencer marketing. But you're not telling them what to say. You're saying, do your thing and include us in a native way in your day to day. And that is awesome. This is how you do social media marketing. You don't tell them what to do. You don't tell them what to say. Just say, whenever you feel comfortable, put that bottle of water in your day which I put the hint water in your day, right? So I think that's how to do that. So that's why we do it well. In 2017, there were 115 brand integration across all Facebook. First Media has number two, number three, and number 10. And we're actually with it. So Bed Bath & Beyond has did three videos. We had 142 million views together. And another company did is number one did 27 videos with 162 million views so if you think about it with three videos we've done 142 they have done 27 videos with 160 so we would probably do so I just That's can't amazing. I can't say that we're number one but to be honest average per videos we're number one um, Q3 there were 45 integrations we have number one number two number three number four number five number six across all Facebook number seven is uh, tasty from BuzzFeed so I think that's what I'm excited the most. I'm excited to work with brands because I think that's how we monetize and I think that's that's the next generation of marketing, is native marketing, and I think it's very important to work together. It's very understanding. So, the second thing is to learn their KPIs. Are you into brand awareness? Are you into direct response? We listen to our partners and then we work together in order to meet those objectives and that's why
0: we get renewals.
1: That's where we have a partnership month. Now, with all those names that I just mentioned, with ShopRite, we're doing another. ShopRite is a supermarket chain in the East Coast. So we have
0: I know ShopRite well. So yeah. we
1: just did three videos with them, and now we're moving to additional yearly deal with them as well. Uh, Walmart, we just did five videos. Yesterday, there was a, an article. They've done 20 branded content in 2017. We have the top five. We have the top five. That's and, huge. Yeah, that is exciting. It is exciting because you can show off. Yeah. <laughs> But it's more exciting because you get consistent and stable business model. And I think that it all comes down to one thing and one thing only is content and really working well together. So in this one, we work with Hayworth, which is their media agency and with Walmart. So it was a combination. It was actually a really amazing triangle where we both work together. Everybody listened. They listened to us. We listened to them. And you know what? We're super happy about the results. I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you constantly listen and everyone's happy.
0: Yeah. And also, I think something that you touched on, too, is really looking at the problem that you're solving for the consumer. So you're talking about the slow cooker, right? Like, it's like that person who's going to be looking at a slow cooker is probably thinking about, like, okay, if I put this thing in... You know in the morning before i go off to work like i'm going to be able to come home and and cook right right, right. yeah we didn't hot dogs a, a
1: tremendous amount of hot dogs in sloker yeah we've done f- bread in sloker that's so we've funny huge chicken and sloker it was Seven ways to use it. It was before the Super Bowl, by the way. So that was
0: that's even, amazing. even yeah. better timing for yeah. us. But I think like if you can get in the head of the consumer, I think right. that that's really what it boils down to, So, which is super, super cool. So, so did you guys raise money too? We raised money along the years because we actually raised money for the first business
1: to build a TV network, a linear TV network. We're in Time Warner, Direct TV, Charter. So we're kind of the bait on every basic package. Maybe first is there as well. So that takes time in order to scale to different type of of business. So we did hire people and we did raise money. We raised tens of millions of dollars, but the actual, we're now, we're, we're doing great. Every division is profitable. So we're very excited about the growth. We're in this happy mode right now where it's growth. So I'm very grateful on, on the personal level. Of this place that we are right now because we are in a growth mode and there's nothing better in the world. Celebrate
0: it. Yeah. There's it's, nothing yeah. better in the world it's than growth. Awesome. Nothing.
1: So very excited about growth and we're constantly higher. If anyone's listening to this podcast, reach out. First Media and some hiring. So we're, we're, I think there's 15 open positions from marketing to content to sales to data. Everything is open right now.
0: And you're in Venice, which is super cool. am yeah, I, 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 our offices, are, <laughs> unfortunately, our offices are in, no! in
1: Koreatown so because the in Venice okay. is too expensive. That's no, still cool. But it's 10 minutes yeah. from this place where we're recording right now, so that was very convenient. So that's I'm, still cool. I'm, 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 still, I'm, I'm teasing thinking teasing you. Yeah. Yeah. I think K-Town is becoming this really cool, trendy place right now. So. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. You have a lot of great
1: Korean barbecue
0: there. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, yeah. I asked about the fundraising because... Part of what we're doing in this series of the podcast is talking to creators, and this has come up a couple of times where, you know, people are trying to think, like, okay, do I actually, as a creator, do I want to scale a business? Do I want to hire a bunch of people? Do I, you know... Like they've identified themselves as builders as you know they love creating and they love doing stuff you know and we've talked to everybody from musicians to photographers to you know entrepreneurs and and I it's always like the fisherman dilemma yeah no exactly it Another is and, like, and I don't think there's a right answer. I think it just depends on who you're partnering with on the money right to some extent I mean that's always a yeah. big topic. We want to conquer the world. Yeah. I mean we
1: want to be the best we want to be doing big things if you don't scale there's a limit to what you can go totally. there's a limit to the project that you can bring there's a limit to the effect that you can bring i'm still shocked we have uh, one interesting stat we have the most shared video in the history of facebook 12.8 million shares crazy that is point eight million shares
0: that is so great for me it was
1: incredible to think that 424 million people watched what we made. I'm still shocked sometimes by the fact that 12.8 million people took the risk and gave us the trust to share the content on their own personal Facebook page. Like, when you share content, one of the things, you know, you asked me, what, what makes a video go viral? I think it's a trust thing, right? So imagine that you share fake news. How do you look, how are you perceived in front of your friends, right? You share that on your page. Everybody says, oh my God, Kara, you just, you just shared something that is, is, it doesn't make sense, or it looks embarrassing, or it's controversial. No. First Media Blossom, so yummy, blusher. it will always be safe, will always be positive, you will always enjoy, you can always trust us, you can share that. Sh- having 12 million shares is insane. So I think that only by doing things in scale, you can get to those numbers. So I think, you know, we just want to create positive effect, bring value to the, what are we here for, right? We're giving value to the world. We're trying to do great things. We try to succeed. And we try to make sure we feel, make our mother proud, right? So I think that's those four things are, I think, of the fundamentals. You can only do that when you scale.
0: Yeah. And I think you're also living in a day and age, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, where every time you turn on the television, we're talking about politics right right and that is all and i think people are they're done right Right. we used to go online and search in like news online and i think less and less people are doing that anymore they're just like god i just need to turn on you know cnn for four minutes and i get it right? Like, and then like, goodbye. And then then watch Fox news and see it's two different countries, but yeah, right. No, it's it's, it's it's exactly. And so I think what you're doing also is, you know, really the time today is, I mean, that's what people want to watch. They want to like, you
1: want to make our life just a bit better.
0: Yeah. Right. You know, not everything has to save lives. You know, uh, there's
1: doctors that are doing great work, but I always tell my team, we're not saving lives. We're just making it a bit better. Yeah. Helpful, smart, make your life just a bit more inspiring and make your life just a bit better. Yeah. You know, you see people creating content that is you see videos that we do on I don't know closet hacks and then people upload their closet hacks in the comments and you get 4000 likes. Seen that one. I got to see this. Oh, you got to watch yeah. that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. Know. You know who you should partner with on that one? Cool. Do you know this company the real real?
1: No, I don't. I will check.
0: Oh, it's, it's actually another interesting um, story and somebody that we should have on this podcast. That So she, Julie Wainwright is the CEO, company based in San Francisco, but it's basically you sell, it's like the eBay of luxury clothing. Oh, cool. And so I buy way too much on there, actually. But it's, you know, this whole, anyway, Julie was the founder of Pets.com. And which, uh, you know, many have sort of said was probably one of, I think unfairly so, but one of the biggest failures of the 90s and the internet days. And I don't know if you remember, you were in Israel at the time, but they had this sock puppet that was on TV and it was like, everybody remembers the sock puppet. Anyway, the company went away. And so Julie came back after a few years of picking herself back up. And, yeah. and then she decided actually to start the, or to basically be able to eat and pay her rent, she sold some of her clothes. Amazing. And, and so then friends were like, you should go sell my clothes too. And I'll give you a percentage. And so she started this company. I mean, I think Julie will do probably 750 million this year. I mean, that's it's it, like, that's it? it's crazy. <laughs> oh I mean, my it's God. crazy what she's doing. That's incredible for her. And so, but anyway, what she does, she has this service where they'll actually come into your closet. And they'll pull things and I've had this done and they'll be like, I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't touch that dress. And they're like, when was the last time you wore it? And I was like, oh, a year ago. And then they're like, done. And so they'll go through this closet for me and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: That is what I believe in. Yeah. I believe that people, including myself first. So when I say this, I'm lazy. I think we're all very lazy as a consumer. Not as an entrepreneur, as a consumer. And I think what she's doing is amazing because yeah. basically she says, Don't do the work.
0: But that's a partnership. I can see it. That is amazing. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because because she's not to. really doing I would the love viral to. videos. I would on love her to. Site. We would
1: love to. I mean yeah. it sounds like a, for Blossom it's like easy, easy, yeah. easy. No, I'll introduce you guys. The one so thing it's... we love is easy integrations because we have a confidence that can go viral. If you tell me, listen, do you want to sell this crazy insurance for something? And we like Listen, it's hard. It's a hard sell for this one, but I think yeah. this one is easy. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Airbnb when they started sending photographers to your home, professional ones for free. And I think that was huge. And I think all the platform now looks professional. Those things are, just when entrepreneurs do those things, is inspiring. Yeah, so, but
0: I love the fact too that you're, I think you're ahead of the game in this whole concept of collaborations, right? Like right. I think that that's really how People like I always talk about it as borrowed equity, right? So you're borrowing, you right. know, from lots of large brands, but then other brands that are developing their companies, and you're working with them, which mm. I think is really smart. So, do you think that that's the future of media versus like these ad-based networks that we see, like just going? I want to of- be.
1: I want to be careful with a strong yeah. statement, but I think that there's a place for everything. Everybody says the dot com is gone. And now everybody says, well, the destinations are a bit back. Um, So there is, I think there's a place for everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, the banner ads probably will will deteriorate and we'll have less CTRs, click-through rates, as we move forward. I think video advertising is for sure the way to go. Content creators and publishers and brands are becoming better and better in creating content. So either if it's Hint that's creating video content for itself, that's the way to go as well, or it's Hint using... um, Mm -hmm first media's brands and utilizing the trust and the higher purchase intent or the ob- objectivity in a way of the influencer and the native advertising. Mm-hmm. Each one has its own benefits. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say that's the only way it's going. I think that has to, be a, has to be in the mix. I think one of the things that I really like is retargeting. So using this massive reach Of Blossom, for example, and then retargeting with a quick ad, knowing they're excited about that product. So, those things are kind of, I think, that we're going to that and making sure that you get the results. So, making sure that direct response is also part of, I think, that commercials or advertisers or brands that are direct to consumers Mm -hmm. or direct to consumers or through retailers are becoming way smarter and they want results and they want real measurements and full funnel measurements. And I think that's where we're going. So you will want the 360 attribution between the TV and the digital and the brand integration and retargeting and with influence, micro-influencers. So all this, that's where I think we're going.
0: Yeah, it, and I think you just touched on too that there's so many more options. I mean, at the end of the day, the consumer is kind of controlling where they're going to buy or where they're going to you know, pick up your brand right, right? and right. the messaging that you ha- almost have right. to do
1: all of them. For us, it's really fun. We mm-hmm. have the TV, but it's just you know just TV spots. It's doing amazing. Some brands, it's actually crushing it for them, and they increase the budget, and you're seeing bigger and bigger spend. I think TripAdvisor is on baby first TV, um, doing amazing work. Okay, Trivago, I saw there as well, the honest company. Um, I think so many brands are on the TV side, so I don't think it's going anywhere. But you know, everybody knows that cord cutting is also part of this 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 new thing that is going on, or just OTTs. So mm-hmm. the, I think I think radio has a place. You know, I, I think that everything has a place. It has to be in the mix. And you have to see what converts better for you, and to really understand what is your strategy in terms of uh, in terms of ads. I'm, I'm I'm working on on a few products right now within our company and just friends that I'm advising to. Yeah, of what's the best way to do that and make, or to make sure that you get your your desired goals, your KPIs.
0: So do you have a lot of people who come in and say, we really want it about the brand, but we want to sell stuff on yes. our website too, you know, right? Or, or through this ad. So let me tell you something. Yeah.
1: It doesn't matter what they say. Yeah. It matters what they want. Yeah. So some brands that are very big, sometimes they want brand awareness because they have such a huge mix, right? And they're doing some a lot of DRs, a lot of direct response. So, so that is some, some part of the, the partnerships. But... Yes, a lot of times people come and say, well, we just want to make sure we actually make sure that we have our, our, our row ass like return on ad spent, mm-hmm. is, is also positive. And we want to make sure that we also get brand awareness, we also make, we get direct response, and we want to make sure that... The, I'm like, is there anything that you... Anything else? Any, anything, <laughs> anything else or anything that you, you don't want? The yeah. problem is that you have to be brave in what you want, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be brave and understanding there is a matter of priority, So if you would like brand awareness, we were able to deliver it to you. But if you want to brand awareness in the maximum and you want direct response in the maximum, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I think that, yes, they come to us. And yes, I really ask them what they want. We really ask them in the kickoff call. So what do you really want to focus on? Do we want two videos that are brand awareness and the third one maybe direct response? I think the mix is the most important one. Create that custom audience, make sure you have enough fans that know about that brand and then create that direct response. We work with everything. We work with small brand, big brands, everything. I mean, everyone with their own KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's super. Yeah.
0: Never easy, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's never easy. And I think your role, too, is really about educating. I mean, right. and, and how do you, you know, especially I, I can imagine talking to some of these large brands that they, yeah. you know, have been all about, you know, brands and, you know, they're not used to even looking at sort of data other than spins or you know some other kind of data but this is just like a I mean I think it's a marketer's dream when I look at sort of people who say they've been marketing in large companies for years and if they don't really understand you know direct response or e-commerce and and really what can be done there then I think they need to go back I'm gonna flip this yeah What what do you guys what how's your approach and you guys have been able to scale a company
1: and I think Different types of marketing ways, right? Retail I've seen, and also direct to consumer. So, yeah, what's your take? I don't well, know if I can answer. If I can so ask, if I grew I can up in direct response,
0: actually, which is not sort of what people necessarily view that I've done. I mean, I started my career actually in direct response in the magazine industry. So, which I, you know, always tell people if you want to hire like a great direct response, sort of, you know, somebody who, you know, gets it right, like. I really think that looking at the magazine industry and looking at... And, you know, there's, I have to say, I mean, it's not everybody in the magazine industry that's worked in circulation is like the person, right? That you've got to have a mix of somebody that actually understands what's going on on the internet. And, you know, somebody who can look at data and somebody who can look at offers and things like that. Or, you know, somebody, I always point to American Express. I think those are some of the best marketers as well that are really used to like looking at this data. But, But a good ad that is actually going to convert is going to look very different from a branding ad. So I'm 100% on the same page that, you know, you can't do all direct response. You can't. There's a ceiling also. Yeah, there's There's a a
1: ceiling. There's ad fatigue and there's purchase fatigue. And there's the, I would say the first circle that would, there's a good chance that they will purchase. And then you're going to the second tier and the third tier. And you keep on bombarding the same ones. You're going to have ad fatigue. You got to make sure that there's affinity to the brand, that, that you know that you're creating this new audience that is excited about the brand. So, brand awareness, creating this new custom content, all the, custom audience all the time, is super critical in order to make sure that your top funnel is also increasing in order for them then to convert in the lower part of the funnel. So, yeah. And that's a brave thing to do because everybody wants results. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, but well, we have positive ROI right now. Why well, should we stop? Yeah. You stop when you don't.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too. I mean, I found that when we do branded ads that are more focused on brand you know, versus direct response, because we were a brand that's also selling in Whole Foods and Kroger and ShopRite and Target, et cetera, that we're actually, our numbers are actually going up in those stores. So people are walking in and buying There you it. go. And so. then they're writing or Amazon or, you know, we sell on, on that as well. And so it's really tough to say, you know, no, it didn't work, yeah. right? It didn't convert because the spillover into sales in those areas. I mean, when we really got serious about selling online on our own website, like our sales went up in offline, and so, I mean, I lived during a time when, you know, we were, I was doing very much what you're doing, where I was going into retailers and telling them, like, you need to go online and we're going to put you online with AOL. And, you know, the, the big thing that they would say to us, you know, back then was that, you know, we're a big brand, like we're the gap and we're a giant and we do stores. And I was like, awesome. You guys don't have a catalog, right? Like, well no but we can do all this. We can actually ship one to one. Like we know how to like make a nice box and put a note in the box and do all of these things and like they didn't really yeah. know how to do that. They didn't yeah. really know how to like deal with a customer if a customer called and said like, you know, the package never came or whatever. Like they they didn't really know how to do that. So anyway, but the other thing that I was going to say is that there there was, you know, big concern back in, in the AOL days when we were partnering with these companies that they were going to cannibalize their store business and they were going to cannibalize. And so I think we're living through a time right now where a lot of large brands really believe that, you know, if they actually do their own direct response that, you know, Target or Walmart or Publix will actually kick them out. And you may have a buyer that actually says, we're going to kick you out right of those brands and so you know you've got it's a tough. ceo running these companies saying like don't do anything it feels like
1: the youtube versus should we put our content on youtube or should we not right it's uh,
0: exact same thing and, and actually
1: i think that at some point there's the tipping point where you're like okay this is the new days content is everywhere or products should be everywhere yeah. and and it has to be part of the mix i mean it has to be part and i think that you guys did a wonderful job by, by basically enabling you to do whatever you want in terms of marketing so you're also you're everywhere yeah and it, well, congrats, but that's the way to
0: go. But I think that it's also for it's easier for a brand that is in that's creating from the ground up. True, it's harder for a brand that has these relationships where they're selling millions of dollars in stores, and they're questioning whether or not they should create another brand. Right. If I was yeah,
1: which I'm not, but if I was the CEO of a big company that is only retail. Or this huge brands of 100 years like P&G or J&J. I would create an insane amount yeah. of brands right now and just do, and just do yeah. direct to consumers. If you don't innovate and if you're worried about what's going to happen, then you will face what happens to a lot of other companies, such as yeah. Blockbuster or Kodak or all of those ones. That hundred, basically,
0: yeah, 100%. You know,
1: thought that nothing could go wrong, but I think that's the only way to go. I think you yeah. must cannibalize your own business in order to diversify your risks.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, the biggest challenge for large brands is that they're really bad at building brands. <laughs> it's true because they, they, always, are. they, always, they, they
1: always enjoy the distribution of the retailers and the shelf space. Right. And they didn't need to create this amazing experience like all those mattresses right now or we all know those names. So I think all those are really, really nice. White websites that everyone's yeah. using the same
0: things, but yeah, it's it's crazy. The, so yeah. anyway, it's it's an interesting, it's a super interesting topic, and I think you know it's something that we're going to see, especially in the next couple of years. Yes. and I think what you're doing around you know just yeah. the whole video
1: and yeah, we what will people are responding to. We will launch so. some rents. Oh, that's awesome. At some point, we I will. can't
0: I can't wait yeah. to see. Yeah, that's going to be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This yeah. has been so much fun. Yes. And, and I feel like just overall, you know, what you're doing at First Media is, you know, really, I think you were very innovative on just viral videos when I think thank about you. your company overall. But then also, I love the fact that, you know, you're just a, you're a creator who's really using the data to actually grow. And I have a great
1: team. Yeah. I have to be thankful. I just had my bi-monthly meeting mm-hmm. uh, with my entire team and I just told them you know it's so much fun every place I go I, I throw those big numbers and I really need to thank each and every one of them because they're the one that on a day-to-day are innovative and in creating something better so I just I think I just want to thank my team yeah you know I think that everyone's doing an amazing job and I want to thank you guys thank you it was yeah. so much fun um, and you guys are more than welcome to uh visit us in our uh studios we There's, will yeah. We,
0: yeah and you have to you come up and we'll do some fun stuff with you guys too i'm up sure in San Francisco, i'm sure we will so. thank awesome. you so much thank you bye you can learn more about Yuval rector and see the incredible work he's doing with first media through at so yummy and at blossom on instagram I love giving away things that are dear to my heart, like Hint Water. So for the next three months, I'll be choosing five lucky listeners each episode to win a year's supply. To enter, all you have to do is go to caragolden.com backslash iTunes and leave a review. That's it. And if I see you tweeting it out and tagging me at Cara Golden, you will increase your chances of being picked. And as a special thank you to all of our Unstoppable subscribers, for a limited time only, you can enjoy a special hint offer at drinkhint.com unstoppable. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable.